Right, so these are injections? Yeah, so every other day is uh, 0.75 mil of that and 0.75 mil of that. I've, I've always thought in the back of my head that I need to put on some weight at some point. There's a very broad spectrum of people that use steroids. Um, you're ranging from young guys at 18 years old, 19, 20, and they're just starting out and they're training and, and they're looking to bulk up for maybe a summer holiday or, or they just want to attract the girls. And these men are not chemists. What they produce, though, will be injected by thousands of mainly young men hoping to bulk up. The number of people who use steroids in the UK has grown massively over the last couple of years. Officially, there are around 60,000 steroid users in the UK. However, this number is thought to be a lot closer to a million. And this growing figure has been found to be most common in males aged 18 to 24. And there's a growing concern that the desire to conform to the ripped male image seen on TV shows, health magazines, Instagram and other forms of social media is causing thousands of young men to potentially put their long-term health at risk and embark on a journey of using performance-enhancing drugs. So I just wanted to understand really why so many people across the UK are taking these substances. Why is this becoming a growing trend? Why are people putting themselves at risk to potentially life-threatening health issues or even death? Welcome to the So Far So Good podcast and this week we're looking into the UK's steroid epidemic. So let's look at anabolic steroids, the most common performance enhancing drug in the fitness and bodybuilding industry. Now these are manufactured drugs that mimic the effects of the hormone testosterone and they're used to increase muscle mass and decrease fat as well as causing many undesirable side effects along the way. Now people of all ages are using these substances and the users might take the drug for a period of time and then stop and then repeat again and this is known as cycling or they'll just be on them for a consistent period of time. There's no real right or wrong way of doing steroids. And the most common consumption method is via injections, syringes and needles. So what's the legal standpoint on all of this? Well, in the UK, steroids are classed as a Class C substance and what this means is that it's legal to carry them for personal use, but legal to supply. If found guilty with intent to supply, an individual could face up to 14 years in prison. And that's mad because anabolic steroids can be bought for as little as 50 quid online from Amazon, eBay. I mean, there are hundreds of sites out there. I mean, there's even blooming next day delivery on a lot of these sites. So it's really, really easy to get a hold of these substances. So I wanted to speak to an expert on all this, someone who knows a thing or two about steroid use and why it's becoming such a growing trend in the UK. I'm speaking to Dave Crosland, also known as The Freak. Dave's a bodybuilder who has over 20 years experience in performance enhancing drugs. And he's also one of the UK's leading voices on steroid use and abuse. His own personal experience make him a great person to speak to about this whole phenomenon. Dave, tell me a little bit about your own experiences using steroids, mate. And when did you start using them? I started when I was 19. Um, I used up until I was about 24. Then I had a very long break due to personal situation and injuries and various other things. And then I came back to them when I was about 39, 40. Uh, I used for a few more years and then 
And I mean, I took the absolute piss, um, not only with the doses I used, but with the actual size that I got to. Mm. Um, and then health complications, which were a combination of size and usage, but without doubt were definitely usage driven. And so why did you start taking them in the first place? Well, some of it's to do with environment. Um, So I I trained in a gym. I wouldn't particularly say that steroids were particularly open, but there were were no secrets that certain people were using. I trained, a bulk of my training career has been in a gym. There was world-level powerlifters. There was pro-level bodybuilders, um, there was British finalists, there was, you know, regional finalists. So there was a, a very high caliber of competitive bodybuilders and powerlifters. So I was aware that they used. Now, for me, I competed as a natural, and, and I won, uh, and there was really nowhere else to go. But what what I wanted was better performance in the gym. So size was really a secondary driver. My main driver was it enabled me to train harder. Now, I was brought up in a a very old school, very hardcore attitude to training. Uh, And I never knew any different. So, you know, if you hadn't puked up, passed out and shit yourself training legs, then you hadn't trained legs. (laughs) Right, I, I got you. I mean, it was quite literally that sort of you never stop attitude. You know, when when it starts to hurt and you're crying, that's that's when the set starts, sort of thing. And I didn't view steroids as a supplement that improved my growth. Stupidly, I know. I mean, my knowledge of steroids in the early days was was abysmal. I I didn't know what the compounds were. I didn't know what they did. I didn't know how they were interacted. I had no knowledge whatsoever. But my ethos was, if I want to be big and I want to be strong, I have to train harder. I enjoy training harder, and steroids enabled me to train harder. So my motivation was was to increase the intensity in the gym more than anything. The secret to growing is training. And if you want to train harder, then steroids will enable you to train harder and therefore grow more. Did it ever get to a point where you started to experience diminishing returns from the use of steroids, where you got to a point where they could no longer bring about the desired results? Like you've completely maxed out your growth and your size and you've reached your optimal training limits. And when your body reaches that limit, does it just sort of go downhill from there? At my biggest, when my kidneys failed, I was told by the renal specialist that I had literally outgrown my body's ability to function. So I'd got so big that my internal organs could no longer support my body because my demands my body was making on my internal organs was too much for them to cope with. And at the end of the day, like your kidneys and your liver, they don't get bigger and work better because you're carrying more muscle mass. Mm. It just overloads them to the point where they start to struggle. So then surely, once you, when you hear that, alarm bells start ringing. The wake-up call's there. You need to cut this out, no? Because it's severely damaging your health. Yes and no. So, 
What effectively happened was when I came back to training, I spent three years clean, and then I started. Um, I was looking at going into strongman, start a cycle, start to build my strength up. And for a long time, I'd harbored this desire to see how big I could get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when people asked, it was like, well, how do you define as big as possible? So people wanted a figure, a number, they wanted something to relate to. So I said 400 pounds. That had a huge impact on my health. I ended up at 415 pounds, and, and the target was 400. So I achieved the goal I wanted to achieve, but at some cost. My kidney function, when they finally failed, was at 20%. Didn't, well, didn't fail, fail, but I was hospitalized mm. because my function was down at 20%. Uh, but I got to a point where I'd had enough anyway. So I came off everything, one, because I'd achieved the goal, so therefore I had no reason to use anymore. And, and two, because there were obviously health implications now as well. My usage has damaged my own natural hormone production to the point where it doesn't work anymore. So you effectively achieved what you set out to do? Yeah, now, don't get me wrong. There were points when I started to, to disappear down a bit of a drug rabbit hole and, and sit there saying, what else can I take to get bigger? What else can I take to get bigger? And a lot of people fall into that trap. How common and how popular is steroid use in the UK? Have we got to a point where it's now becoming an issue and it's now something that we need to discuss and take more seriously? Well, firstly, why is it an issue? I mean, you've just described to me quite a serious range of health issues that you've experienced as a direct result of your steroid use. Surely you can agree that these negative health implications completely outweigh any positive gain from steroid use and thus the usage of steroids being an issue. Do you see where I'm coming from? I know a 73-year-old that's used steroids for over 50 years, mm-hmm. perfectly fit and health, no health problems whatsoever. Well, of course, I accept that there are definitely people out there that have had no complications whatsoever, so there's no issue for them. However, you spoke about in your own personal journey that you used them specifically so you could train harder to compete. But is it fair to say, and I realise I'm generalising a little bit here, but with the use of anabolic steroids being most common in men, um, young men especially from the ages of 18 to 24, to achieve these stacked, um, ripped, you know, Love Island-esque bodies, is there a psychological issue that needs to be discussed further? Because there are a lot of men out there that are doing this, not for the training purposes, but for aesthetics, and they are turning to these substances due to their, their own obsession to achieve these bodies that they just can't do naturally. And therefore, steroid use is fueling this obsession and body dysmorphia in a way, as they're wanting to look better. Oh, I, I, I f***ing hate that phrase. Okay, tell me why. If you've ever met a body dysmorphic, you'd know how insulting it is to use the term body dysmorphic to someone who's just a little bit paranoid because he doesn't have big arms. Everybody you speak to, anybody you speak to will, will if they're honest, have criticisms about how they appear. Mm-hmm. They might want to be taller, shorter, bigger, fatter, smaller, whatever it may be. But there will always be something they want to change. Now, social media, uh, social platforms have a huge impact on this, not only because of the huge push in in regards to uh, health and fitness lifestyles, but in the, the huge amount of dishonesty that there is within that environment. So... Most people will post images that are misleading on how they appear. 
Some people will go to the extent of filters. Some people will go to the extent of actual Photoshop. But generally, people put up pictures that represent their physiques in the best positive uh, possible light. And it's very often not a true reflection of how they actually really look. People then emulate or, or expect that this is what they should look like or this is what they're trying to achieve. And very often, frustration and lack of knowledge of how to train or how to achieve that, or just a lack of understanding of the work commitment it takes to get to that level, uh, drives them to start to look for quick fixes. They may initially look at supplements. They may then start looking at stuff like SARMs or pro-hormones. And then eventually they may start to look at anabolics. But you find it in the armed forces massively, though the armed forces tend to play it down and sweep it under the carpet as much as they can. You find it in the police force massively, but they do the same. They tend to keep it quiet, mainly because they don't understand the subject and they just don't want to open that kind of worms. You make it seem like steroid use is a lot more common than the average person might assume. Give me a number then, Dave. What are we talking? Like, how many people in the UK are using? This is a, an area of hot debate. Now, I think it could be anywhere between one and two million because a lot of people are not only physically dependent on these drugs, but they're psychologically dependent on these drugs. It has been proven in studies that steroids are addictive, not only psychologically, but also physically. Do you think every gym in the UK has a steroid user in them? Well, let me put it this way. Why did Bannertines put needle bins in their changing rooms? They must have thought there were users in their gyms in order to do that in the first place, and that is Bannertines. Mm. The most unlikely gym you would think to find a steroid user. I would suspect that the vast majority of gyms will have a user. Uh, that may not just be anabolics. So that's probably going to be the more broader spectrum of performance and image and drugs. But yes. I mean, if you want to really look at performance and image-enhancing drugs and not single out steroids, then you would probably find somewhere in the region about 10 million users in the UK, and the single reason being is fat burners. Very, very popular with females, very, very popular in fat loss circles, and readily available on Amazon and eBay and Facebook, the lot. I want to ask about the whole stigma around the usage of needles. Because I think that's what plays a massive role into why the general population attaches this negativity towards performance-enhancing drugs. You say, and the research also suggests that, you know, steroid use is really, really high in the UK. A lot higher than is than what is reported, sorry. A lot of these people, perhaps the vast majority, who use anabolics will be using needles and syringes to inject themselves. Doing my own research beforehand, I saw this statement actually, Dave, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way or anything, but I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this. But what's the difference between you, someone who injects a drug into their system, and a habitual heroin user, if there is one at all? There, there is a difference. Uh, there's, a different, there's several differences. There's differences because of the motivations behind the use. There's differences because of the impact of how the drugs work. The, you will never find, or, or as yet, I have never found a case of a steroid user stealing or mugging grannies to get his fix for steroids. 
though steroids are addictive, they are not as compulsive as something like heroin. I mean, they are completely different drugs working completely different ways and taken for completely different reasons. Most steroid users start out in a very positive mindset, in, in a set where they're trying to improve their health and trying to improve their lifestyle. And generally, steroid use will come with improvements in diet and improvements in physical exercise. Not always, but generally. People have hang-ups about it being an injectable drug. But steroids are injected intramuscularly, heroin is injected intravenously. So there's the first big change. So the other thing is steroids don't view themselves as drug users. But people who, who are ignorant of the world of steroid use and how it works and how it operates and thought processes just see you're using a needle and injected drug therefore you're a junkie uh, and i get why that assumption occurs but it, it's so are you saying that insulin diabetics are junkies then because they use a, a needle to inject their drugs uh don't get me wrong i mean steroid use can be close to as damaging as heroin use not quite uh, heroin is particularly harsh on the body, but but extreme misuse of steroids will result in death, will result in long-term health problems. There's no denying that. I mean, if you want to take it back to base roots, then okay. People who drink alcohol are the same as heroin users. Well, hang on a minute. Look at the damage alcohol consumption causes to this country a year. Look at the bill it causes the NHS a year. But alcohol is socially acceptable. Sticking a needle in your ass with a drug in it isn't. Uh, and and it, it is very much down to that. Uh, and this is not in no way saying that steroids are in some way a good drug or a safe drug or anything like that, because they're not. All I'm saying is that if you're going to compare or draw comparatives of that nature, then you must draw comparatives of that nature across all substance use. So, Dave, you challenged me earlier when... I asked whether steroids are the issue and it's clear just from hearing you speak that there's definitely a problem but then make that clear for me mate like what's it what is it what is all this fuss over the problem though like many things um is a is a prime example codeine very useful painkiller codeine addiction very damaging so, you know, I would never sit there and say steroids are safe. But at the same time, I do know of, of, of you see success stories of people that have transformed their lives in a positive way through their steroid use and that have no health issues. I mean, the gentleman I cited earlier on is one. Uh, and I know people that have suffered from very low self-esteem, very, very low confidence because of their physical appearance. They've used steroids at a mild level and developed a physique that they felt confident with. And as a result, they've been confident. They've gone out. They've got jobs that they would never have got. They've gone for positions they would never have got. They've gone into relationships that they would never have got because they never had the confidence to go for it before. So it's not all negative, but there is abuse. There, is, there are interactions within the brain that change the way people perceive risk and as a result lead to further abuse. 
there are problems with usage. There are definitely huge medical impacts that we're not actually recording because steroid users don't trust medical experts, so they don't tell them they've been using steroids. And as a result, a heart attack is just a heart attack rather than an heart attack that's come from steroid misuse. So, yes, there is problem usage. The big thing with steroids is that you don't get the drug usage drop-off that you do with other drugs. Uh, so, for argument's sake, someone growing up, they get to 16, they smoke a bit of weed, they get to 18, 19, start going clubbing, do a couple of XD tablets, maybe sniff a bit of coke, and maybe they continue with that party lifestyle into well into their 20s. They meet someone partying, so it continues a bit longer. Then they're 27, they've married, they've got their first kid. Partying doesn't happen anymore. And as a result, the drug usage goes. Steroids, start steroids, do a few cycles, like the effects, get a bit bigger, continue to do cycles, get married. No reason to stop doing cycles. It doesn't impact on the relationship. Have a kid. No reason to stop doing cycles. There's no lifestyle issues with the relation, you know, with, with usage. And then you decide, okay, you know what? I'm in my late 30s now. Um, you know, I'm going to keep fit, but you know what? I'm going to knock it on the head. You can't. Because now you need steroids because your body doesn't produce hormones anymore. So you're going to have to artificially inject them for the rest of your days anyway. Go to the doctor, jump through a load of hoops and get made to look an idiot. No, why should I? I can buy the drugs. I know how to use them. I'll just do it myself. So you don't get that cessation of usage. It doesn't seem to me that you're... It doesn't seem that you're either pro-use or you're anti-steroids. You're very much in that neutral territory, perhaps maybe leaning towards the, you know what, if you want to go for it, go for it, because it can lead you to better things. But you've also described the the negative implications that we see a lot more of, or we hear a lot more of. What needs to be done then, in your opinion, or does anything need to be done in order to try and avoid those and minimise risk effectively? What, need be, what needs to be done, man? What needs to be done, mate? There's, there's two key areas where I see major problems. The first one is education. Um, and your comment about a steroid user being the same as a heroin user is a prime example of the lack of understanding and the lack of education. You know, in the same way, I wouldn't say someone who smokes is the same as someone who drinks alcohol. I wouldn't say someone who takes heroin is the same as someone who takes cocaine. No, precisely. I mean, that was something that I that I just read in an article somewhere. And I guess that goes to show exactly why there is a miscommunication between people that are on the that are in the front line, you know, using and the general population. Yes, it's substance misuse, but that's where similarity ends. The subject is very complex. Our understanding of the subject is quite infantile. Um, there are much more deep-reaching issues with steroids, particularly when it comes to brain function and that side of things. Um, steroids actually physically change sh the shape of areas of the brain. They physically change chemical makeup in the brain, uh, and they can influence our, our decision-making quite strongly. Mm -hmm. um, steroids do make people aggressive. That old adage is, is genuine, even though for a long time in research we've been saying it isn't. It is. Uh, and particularly certain drugs in the steroid family. But education is one. Um, 
we've learned, I mean, the irony of, of our, the UK's drug education programs are absolutely garbage. They are terrible. Mm. Um, I agree, um, yeah. The only way you're going to stop people using drugs is to educate them on what can go wrong. And it has to be factful and it has to be balanced and it has to be truthful because if it's not, you'll get found out. And as a result, your information, even if any of it's good, will fall on deaf ears. I have very mixed feelings about steroid use. Um, I see the good and I see the bad. In general, yes, the bad is probably more than the good. But I don't blame the drugs. I blame the lack of education of the individuals. Because girls are using fat burners. Because they want to be skinny. Mm. Because they're not being educated on how to diet and, and, and how to eat sensible. And at the end of the day, it's very difficult to argue with somebody, right, you need to not eat pizza, not eat burgers, not eat chips, chocolates and crisps, exercise and eat a healthy diet. Or you can take this tablet. How do you win that argument? Is that why you have an issue with the body dysmorphia terminology that's commonly attached to steroid users? Because it all stems from no one really telling or educating these young men and women, whoever it may be, that it's okay to be able to not have a beach body 365 days of the year. You know, people come in all shapes and sizes and going to that extreme isn't always necessary. We don't always have to abide by the pressures of body image that is so constantly, you know, shoved down our throats with health magazines, um, I don't know, advertising, Instagram, you know, influencers. You know, it's hard to not be affected by that, especially as a, as a young person. Like, you don't need to do this. Is, I, I really that think that physical education in school should be more encompassing and should look at healthy eating and should look at, instead of making people play netball and tennis and rounders and all that crap, should actually openly engage with boys who want to be bodybuilders, but show them, you know, how to do it. Hmm. Because people are overly engaging with that term and using it to describe what is actually just normal paranoia about the way we look, it gives people who genuinely suffer from the condition a disservice. And it weakens the severity. A fruit body dysmorphic will not be able to hold down a job. A fruit body dysmorphic will not hold down normal relationships, may not even leave the house at certain times because they're so obsessed about their appearance. Uh, and these are people, this is a deep psychological problem that has huge impacts on people's ability to live a normal and balanced life. That's not some twat who wants to grow a bigger pair of arms because he wants to look good in a T-shirt when he goes out on Friday night. And that's my issue with it, is that you're doing the people that generally suffer from that condition a disservice. It is a catch-all, and it's a convenient catch-all, but most people are driven to steroid use because of basic insecurity. The issue behind steroid use is, is a bigger problem than just the drug. It's a social problem. We live in a society that is very much a pill for every ill because it's convenient. And that's a bigger societal problem. But we also, you know, we want to enjoy our lifestyles. We want to do this. We want to do that. That doesn't always mean we have 
six hours a week to spare to go to the gym. Mm. Or that we're even willing to deny ourselves those foods that we like to go to the gym. So why do it when I can take a tablet that makes makes it so much easier? I think what I think what it is right. It's like I'm just trying to I'm struggling to understand just why anyone would want to put themselves through all of this. Like I get the I get the convenience factor, but for me, mate, it's just all a bit mad. Like all this risk for what reward? Like surely the natural way of going about things is, you know, a lot safer and a lot more. There is a reality in that certain looks, certain levels of physical mm. development are not achievable without drugs. Mm. That's a personal choice if you want to achieve that level of development and there is a risk-reward situation. I will sit to you now and tell you that I have 22 muscle tears, including a complete detachment of my left pec. L6 and L7 in my neck are f***ed and L3 and 4 in my lower spine are f***ed which gives me back problems and traps nerves, causing a complete dead spot on my leg and severe pain in both my feet. Both my feet are arthritic, severely arthritic in the toes and the ankles, and I am registered disabled. I have heart failure and I have kidney failure. Was it worth it then, Dave? Yes. Really? Why? Because of where I am now. And why is that? talking to you on the phone <laughs> my life has more quality and more meaning now than it's ever had because i help people can i ask you a personal question then dave yeah i'm open book mate ask me whatever you want are you still using steroids and if not when was the last time that you used i use medicinally so i i inject testosterone twice a week and i inject enough testosterone to keep my hormone ranges at a natural level, because I can't produce hormones naturally. I do not use as a performance way. I do not use in a super pharmacological way. Um, and I, I keep my test range around 20, which is about what it should be for my age. Are the figures that we see in the media and that are reported, are they inaccurate when it comes to death? Like if someone dies from a heart attack, is it hard to attribute steroids being the root cause of that? How do you see it? I think the death toll for steroid use is much greater. Hmm. Um, I know of several people that have heart attacks. I know of several people that have died. Um, pro bodybuilder last year, Luke Sando killed himself, committed suicide. I have no doubt that part of his mental health problems was due to his steroid use. Hmm. Um, but the problem is because generally the individuals never alert medical services to the use. Autopsies don't do toxicology if someone's died of a heart attack and families don't really want to dig into it because generally speaking, they don't, they either they don't know or they don't want their beloved ones to be thought as a drug addict who killed themselves. It doesn't get linked. Hmm. I should be dead from the amount of drugs I've used. There's no, there's no, there's no two ways about that. How I am still alive confuses me. Um, yeah, without doubt, there's people dying because of steroids. It's clear from listening to Dave speak that this is a really, really complex topic. He alludes to steroids not necessarily being the devil that they're made out to be. However, with the serious 
health implications that he's experienced along the way, along with many others following years of use, might be the deterring factor that stops people from going down this route. But I guess it's like with any drug, use and misuse are two very different things. And that's perhaps where the lines overlap with performance enhancing drugs. The risks are very evidently out there and Dave is right, this isn't gonna go away. If anything, with the continued rise of social media and the mounting pressure on body image in the UK, steroid use is only likely to increase. But we must make people aware of the risks and dangers that come with using these substances and educate them to make better decisions.